Hello, welcome. My name is James Cox. This is the Martial Arts Lifestyle, and we are today on episode number 36. That's pretty cool. We've done, this will be 36 of these, all right? So we're continuing to go. Now, the Martial Arts Lifestyle is a, a podcast, uh, this audio version, as well as we have video versions of it at our YouTube channel, James Cox Martial Arts. Be sure to check out both. Our YouTube channel has a ton of uh, uh, videos on instructions as well and some past events. We're always updating and adding good content. There's value there as well as this podcast. We've had great senior grandmasters of martial arts. We've had many world champions of martial arts. We've had students, kids. We've had people, you know, discuss, uh, you know, nutrition and diet and strength and flexibility already. And we have some really good events. So go back to number one. You know, where I was, wasn't as good, I don't think, in those first few issues. And go all the way up and, and, and check yourself out on these first 36. Check yourself out. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that stuff there. But again, today I have a special guest. This is Miss Jocelyn Presley. I have a hard time calling her Jocelyn because I've always called her Kinsey. Is that kind of like a deal where you have a name or a nickname when you're little? Mm-hmm. So you're always kind of called Kinsey? Mm-hmm. Well, how, Kinsey and Jocelyn, I don't see the connection. So my first name's Jocelyn, my middle name's McKenzie, and then my last name's Presley. Yeah, I knew that now that you said that. Yeah. yeah. So Kenzie. But now as you're getting older, young woman, uh, people call you Jocelyn most? More, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think I feel I'm the only one that calls you Kenzie. I've even had people say, who's Kenzie? I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm more like, who's Jocelyn? But, <laughs> you know, so Jocelyn and her, fam- and her family are, are my family as well. You know, not, not necessarily blood, biological, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean uh, family isn't always blood so I think I've known you and your family since you were probably three Mm -hmm. something like that so that was a good what 12 years ago or so right your your mom actually babysat my kids we lived in the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you know I've become friends and family and your dad is one of my top black belts and manager of our school and you're a a great student so Kenzie Jocelyn (laughs) slash Jocelyn McKenzie has been here for a good 12 years or so I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and Tell us a little bit about your your journey so far. And you're you're uh, kind of like when we had the, the the past episode with Mr. Alejandro. Man, you're part of all of our special teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, your demo team, your fight team, your leadership team. You come to all of the classes, and you just earned your black belt uh, yes. recently. When would you get your black belt? This past December. Yeah. It yeah. was probably the hardest thing you'll ever go through getting your black belt. That will challenge you mentally like as far as you think you can go. I like that. Yeah. I want to talk more about that. So about six months ago, you got your black belt. Mm-hmm. And first thing, congratulations. Thank you. And second, I'm sure the heck glad that you're still here. I say it all the time, but, you know, it's so often where somebody will get a black belt and quit. And if that's mm-hmm. you guys, you got to get back on the wagon, man. You got to get back to class, right? You can't reach that, accomplish that big goal, and then not do anything with it. You know, we said before, it's like getting driver's license and never driving, mm-hmm. right? It's like getting a master's degree and not using it at all, right? You know, so to become a black belt and then continue training is so important not just to get that and just quit and give up on it because then you're able to give back and help others Mm -hmm. i want to talk to you a lot about that as well as uh, the demo team you're captain of our demonstration team and you know there's been there's been times where i couldn't be there and i left you as well as gabby lopez in charge of of running performances now you're also a very accomplished dancer kenzie's been dancing her whole life Mm -hmm. right and you could talk more about that but i know you do like 
all kinds of type of dance, right? Yes. Jazz and tap and ballet, and I don't know all that she's talking yes. about. I don't know the dance world. But all right, your turn to talk, lady. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about your martial arts journey. Hi, I am Jocelyn Presley. I've been doing martial arts for around 12 years. I started when I was three. I've been in martial arts for about 12 years, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just got my black belt. I don't really know what else to say. Been... Tell us about that black belt. You, I interrupted you and you started talking about how how hard it was, mm-hmm. the challenge, the difficulty, and it wasn't just that that that, that couple of days of the test. It mm-hmm. was the six months at least of prepping because we do what we call black belt trial or candidate for black belt practice, black belt boot camp. It's got all kind of names. But before we even test you for black belt, we do a minimum of a six month uh, weekly class mm-hmm. that builds you. To be successful, because you know, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna sign a certificate and say that you're one of our black belts, we're gonna certify you and put you on a family tree and all of that stuff. You need to earn it and deserve it. You know, we don't give those black belts away. But continue on talking about how difficult your test was and what you were saying about earning your black belt. Earning your black belt, it's one of the hardest things I think you'll ever go through in your whole life. I know like that like sounds really dramatic, but like it pushes you mentally because you have to learn all the drills, learn their names, learn their numbers, learn the history where you're coming from, learn who brought what, who did what for your family tree. It's just so hard to like to keep all of that information and then day of your test you hope you don't mess up anything. Because if you mess up, you're in front of a whole panel of judges that like know everything and it's just like it can be nerve-wracking very Mm. very nerve-wracking yeah yeah and it should be right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean because after like right now you're six months out and you're talking about this experience you know how would it have been to be in your shoes right now six months after a black belt test and say nah it was nothing it was easy it was no big deal then you might have felt that it was given to you Mm -hmm. you know in martial arts sometimes belt rank is given away a, a little easier i'm still proud and glad that i had the lineage of my instructors working us so hard to make us learn it and like you said not to just be good at one thing, mm-hmm. but to be good at all the different aspects of martial arts, self-defense, kickboxing, jujitsu, weapons, speaking, talking, um, instructing, history. What is this style? What is that? Who's the founder? Where did it come from? Your lineage, who is your instructor? Who is your instructor's instructor? Your roots or where you come from? You know, I've talked about this in some past podcasts of it's, it's kind of sad and embarrassing, even some high-level amazing martial artists, in my opinion, and it's just how I was brought up, that don't know much else about their style, much less, you know, the roots, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's that's good. Um, well, let's, let's talk about demonstration team, which is the performance team. You can yes. even use your 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 dance because you've been uh, in some big uh, uh, recitals, right, mm-hmm. is what you guys call them, you know, performances in, in a variety of ways. You, you recently did a, a big dance recital. I've, I've yes, been able sir. to watch several of those in the past. But uh, – demonstration slash performing whether Mm -hmm. it be dance or martial arts how do you do it what have you learned basically i think the most important thing is just practicing just practice over and over and over again repetition very much repetition like how to keep on repeating your jab cross hook uppercut same thing when you're in dance you have to repeat those moves over and over and over again until they become almost perfect you can never have anything perfect but close to perfection yeah that's that's awesome pretty smart girl 
Um, yeah, that's right, man. It's, it's the competition, which is like that 10,000-hour rule mm-hmm. to do something for 10,000 hours so it becomes a habit. You don't have to think as much about doing it anymore. Because under pressure, or what we call in, in the fighting is adrenal stress, mm-hmm. you're, you lose your motor skills. You have a, a, Everything's going to be slightly less, you know, so you practice more. So then you can perform with that or you find a way to use that for good positive energy and make it work, you know. So it's it's one thing to think that you know what you know and then to do it under pressure with adrenaline, something as bad as an attack or a high level competition and still have to be able to perform. So you better, like you said, be solid at your basics, Mm -hmm. doing the same things over and over, man. I can't imagine even even yourself how many front kicks you've done. So many. How, yeah, how many so back many. balls, how many jabs, how many wrist releases or bear hug escapes. And, you know, that's that's it. You do a lot of the same things over and over. I tell the demo team a lot with you guys because sometimes they want another performance, another weapon or this or that. Mm-hmm. It's like we're never doing the same thing again. We're doing the same thing differently and hopefully better. And you don't get better by bouncing around and not doing something. Like, a lot of the kids come up to me and say, well, we want to learn a new weapon, a new weapon. But I'm like, how about we get better at the weapons we have now? Because I still see some things that some of the kids are having trouble with. And they are some of the ones say, well, I want to learn this and this and this. I'm like, how about we get our basics down and then we can grow off of that? Yeah. It's hard for them to get that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to be careful how you say it. You don't want to belittle or bring them down. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's still lots of rooms for improvement. Let's get it to a higher level, right? And that takes time. Yes, sir. Um, so you're doing, you're, you're pretty um, knowledgeable with a variety of weapons and martial arts. I mean, you could demonstrate the sword mm-hmm. with combos and kata and just, just skills, right? Tricks. Mm-hmm. You can demonstrate the bow staff. Yes, sir. Uh, the kali sticks. Mm-hmm. The double nunchaku, one and two nunchuck. Or in Texas, they call them numachuk. Numachuk. Yeah, yeah. And then comma. Did I say comma? Kali six. I don't know. Well, you got basically those five weapons that we do. So speaking of weapons, um, what's your favorite weapon and why? Ooh, my favorite weapon. Either bow staff or sword. They're probably the two I do the most, but I just love them the most. Yeah. You can do a lot with them, right? Mm-hmm. They're pretty similar. You know, if you do a figure eight with the bow staff, you do it with the sword. It's pretty mm-hmm. similar. And uh, they can be big and flashy and a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we had Alex Mancias down here recently. He was amazing. Yeah, learned he a lot of amazing. skills. Also just joined Premier, Alex. So um, cool deal. And you learned a lot of skills from that young man, huh? Yes, sir. Cool. Little, little rock star. <laughs> so uh, demonstration. And what about performances and routines and uh, helping on the demo team? What are your other lessons you've learned from being a demo team captain as well? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Things that come naturally to me may not come naturally to other people. And I've t- I had to teach myself to explain things 
in multiple different ways. Because how I have explained something for little Susie may not be the same for Brandon. They're like, everyone's brain works different. And that's one thing that I have had to like teach myself. They're like, what makes sense to me may not make sense to other people. What yeah. comes naturally to me is my flexibility. Now, maybe some people on the team aren't as flexible as me. So I can't just say, okay, now throw your leg up there and hold it for 20 million years. That And honestly, audience, most human beings alive are not as flexible as Kenzie. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. <laughs> so dealing with different people, your yes. strong points might not be theirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, dropping into a full split or beyond, way beyond, <laughs> the floor gets in your way, um, is, is really no challenge for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it may have been long ago, unless you were just natural and born with the flexibility like that. But for some people, man, they're just, if it's genetic or if it's work, we're all formed differently. Uh, that's almost impossible, mm-hmm. you know. I remember asking my mom, like, what was, like, your first time noticing I had, like, this crazy flexibility? And she's like, when you were three. Yeah. You were sitting on the couch watching Disney Channel and the full splits just like this. And I was like, that's cool. She's like, I thought I lost you. I could not find you for a good 20 minutes. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was pretty flexible, but I had to work for it so hard because it was not natural. It was it was so much work. Years mm-hmm. of hard, hard, long stretches. Probably things, it would sound exaggerated if I talked about the hours that I stretched. But just the goal of getting to the splits all three ways, maintaining it. Maintaining is the hardest part. Yeah, because you stop. You know, what's the saying? You know, you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to maintain for certain. But. Definitely stretching every day. When people say, like, well, you never stretch. I'm like, I stretch. I have to stretch a lot because to keep my flexibility, that's like stretching every day, more than just five minutes, 10 minutes. Like it's about 30 minutes every day you stretch just to keep the tricks up that you have. I like that. I like what you just said there. So guys, what, what the point or my takeaway from that is um, no one sees the work you do behind the scenes, you know, right? So if they see you, you know, uh, kicking to the ceiling and dropping in triple splits, triple splits is something I just made up, but you know, uh, they say, oh, wow, that's pretty easy for her. But they don't see the time, the effort, the sweat, the energy, the hard work that went behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watched... I don't know if you've ever seen Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or, you know, I'm just thinking of the best athletes, you know, Muhammad Ali, whatever it may be in their field. They look so awesome and amazing. It looks effortless. Man, they did that so easy. But you don't see behind the scenes all the hours and hard hard work and all the times they failed Mm -hmm. those shots when they struggled or cried because they were so far from the split or when they pulled a muscle. Or, you know, the injuries, which is common. I've gone through several of those. I definitely pulled quite a few muscles like, oh, I can do that. Wait, I didn't stretch. No. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I'm not the only dummy. Did I just call you a dummy? What? We'll cut nah. that one. Just kidding. Um, all right, you ladies. So demo team and demo captain has, has been good for you as well as all the other people that you help. You also do the fight team. So you've mm-hmm. had... Uh, you, you're a little newer to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you did inter-school tournaments with kickboxing and jiu-jitsu, but you just recently have stepped up in, uh, into the world where we, we have bigger opportunities to do kickboxing and MMA and, and what we're calling the pancreation style. Mm-hmm. So a couple of those fights. So how's that different when you're in a ring or a cage dealing with one person who is uh, trying to hurt you? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I realized from this last fight is you can train and train and train, and they will help you, 
But there is a difference between training with your classmate and then fighting that person you don't know. Because with your classmate, after a little time, you notice their weaknesses. Like, you know, oh, well, they don't really like going down to the floor. They don't like doing takedowns. But with this person, you know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. You know absolutely nothing. You just know their name, their weight, and how many fights they've had. Yeah. But besides that, they're a completely brand new person. But that, that relationship you build in the ring with that person after those f- first few fights, it's, like, incredible. It's like, wow. You just try to kill me, but you're cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So a lot of times people you compete with become your best friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, People that I fought, we had rivals, you know, uh, are are really good friends even still today. Yeah. Um, And and you're right. It is weird, right? It's it's like hitting a bag. You can hit a bag so much, so long, and then you can get with a person and spar. You know, where the bag doesn't hit you back, this person does. And their resistance and their unpredictability, it changes things, right? Mm -hmm. That adrenaline and stress when you're in a competition – it's really your mindset and you got to be in control of those emotions or you'll talk yourself out of it. We say that you'll lose the fight in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. You can lose the fight in the ring when the announcer is announcing. If you start letting those things get to you, you know, but somebody that you don't know, you've never maybe met or sparred mm-hmm. with or anything and they have a different style because they have a different coach. They're mm-hmm. from a different city, usually state, country. They're a different method. Their culture is different, mm-hmm. you know. So when you're competing and fighting against somebody in your own school, well, what's the difference? Your own classmates, mm-hmm. typically, they have the same instructor. Y'all learn the same way. Y'all are on the same mats. You're in the same building. It's home. Mm-hmm. So it's a comfort zone. But what you're learning is to step out of and away from your comfort zone. Yes. What do we say? You do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable Mm -hmm. you're right so those things are helpful and it can be intimidating very you know remember i had a kickboxing fight i didn't know anything about the guy i learned more about him when they announced him Mm -hmm. and i it it almost scared me right because they called this guy out they're like uh national golden gloves champion i was like what nobody told me that (laughs) definitely when they announced her they like announced her fights and i was like wait Hold on. Yeah. I was like, don't, don't, don't talk yourself down. Just keep nah. talking yourself up. Everyone but, is beatable, mm-hmm. you know. And again, at least there's some rules where they're close to age and weight, mm-hmm. you know, experience. Sometimes you never know. Coaches sometimes are not the most honest. Or mm-hmm. let's say I don't mean to be dishonest. Maybe they just leave points out. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, I have this fighter weighing in at this much, this old, you know, and they have uh, four kickboxing fights. Well, they left out that they had 80 boxing fights you yeah. know, or something like that, right? And that's the problem now. If you say it's a problem with mixed martial arts competing in different aspects, some of these guys are fight gyms, man. They'll compete in boxing. They'll compete in wrestling. They'll compete in jujitsu. They'll compete in MMA, pancreation, sambo, you name it. If they can find a combat sport to compete in, they're there and they're competing, which mm-hmm. is great. But you just never know really that the true experience sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you figure it out. But you think these are regulated. They're for the safety of the competitors. That's the reason you have a referee. You have judges. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not barbaric where, you know, there's no rules fighting. It's not the old days of mm-hmm. NHB or, or UFC 1 where there were little to no rules. I remember safety. growing up and, like, watching the fighters and, like, watching their fights. I'm like, is no one going to stop? them they're like there's yeah. blood all over that one person we're not going oh we keep going okay just remember like being like the five-year-old sitting in a chair is like watching like my adopted older brother fighting i was like oh oh mm-hmm. mom can i, can I go yeah <laughs> that, I go? Could, that could be scary mm-hmm. and even now sometimes i mean the, the ref may stop a fight too late or too soon 
it's a tough job, mm-hmm. you know, being a ref like that. But uh, cool. All right, so we talked about fighting. We talked about demo team, uh, teaching, assisting, leadership. Uh, what, what's some takeaways that from there? Don't be afraid to speak up because if you don't speak up, the kids are going to think they have control and they'll just run you right over. They'll just take over that whole class when you're supposed to be the one in control. <laughs> yeah, you, good, luck. To, good luck on parenting too, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> find, you have to find it in you to speak up and not talk quietly. You have to like, be like, I'm in charge. You're not the one in charge. I am teaching you. You're not teaching me. Yeah. But we do learn things from the students that I are extremely that. helpful. Yeah, that's a good point, you know. So as you get older, if it's a job interview, if it's something in school or work or home or in a relationship, um, I like the whole point of speak up, mm-hmm. you know, right? You know, stand up for yourself, stand your ground, be strong. Don't be rude or disrespectful. Now, when you're in charge of something and you are given a rank and you're given a position, yeah, you got to be in charge. Mm-hmm. So authority, man, you, you know, again, there's there's ways to do it. A lot of times you re- you show enough respect and you get the respect in return. You yes, know, sir. I, I would sometimes teach a four-year-old or five-year-old to say yes, sir, by saying yes, sir, to them, mm-hmm. you know, because they're one that threw them off. You know, I'm not a sir. I said, well, you, you are, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, so you kind of show respect, you get it in return. But you got you to gotta speak up. You can't let people run over you, yes. right? Yes. You know, that's how people are bullied in all mm-hmm. kinds of ways, you know, being a little too uh, weak-minded maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's good that you've learned that. One thing I had to definitely learn the very first day, I did not want to speak for my first few classes I taught. I was like, oh, I mean, like, that's okay, but, like, can I, like, shit on? Then I had to, like, teach myself, no, like, you need to take charge. You need to speak up and not let them run over you. And that's definitely one thing I'm still trying to teach myself. Yeah. With bigger classes, I'm like, oh, nope. You got this. Speak up. Take control. They're gonna if you know what you're doing, and you speak up like you know what you're doing. They're gonna listen. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get that parent voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that start a little sternness, right? So, you got any uh, uh, stories, takeaways, or anything from from the teaching? Oh, stories. <laughs> there was this one time I was teaching three four year olds. Three and four year olds. Those are different animals. Yes, very <laughs> different. <laughs> And this one kid told me, I don't feel very well. I said, okay, why don't you go ahead and go grab your guardian and go to the restroom? They're like, no, you go with me. At this moment in time, I had 10 other three, four-year-olds on the mat. It was already a pretty big class. I was like, no, no, I can't, but go grab your guardian and go to the restroom. I'm like, no, you come with me. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Just try to get the parents' attention, and they threw up all over me. Uh vomit all over me i looked down i was traumatized i was like we still had a good five minutes left of class i was like okay you feel better now they're like "Uh uh-huh i was like okay go get some water i'll be right here they went to grab water continued teaching class Uh, called my mom i was like come get me uh, she's uh, like why i was like there's throw up i'm not throw up just please come yeah, get me yeah yeah that's a bad one there mm-hmm. oh yeah well, i don't do very well throw up mm-hmm. i not my thing no same same yeah man we do see a lot we go through a lot it's mm-hmm. crazy but it's part of it right i guess who unfortunately there but all right young lady i think that's a, a good talk on the things that i want to say I'm, I'm proud of you and just acknowledge all your all your hard work. I know I'm hard on you sometimes, mm-hmm. but did you say uh huh? Did you agree? Huh? What? No. It's just but, to make me better. Yeah, but harder exactly. you are on a person, that means just more you love them and better you want them to be. Well, as long as you know that, Miss Kinsey Alejandro McKenzie Alia, uh, uh, not Alejandro. <laughs> 
Yeah. What's okay. that other name? Jocelyn. Yeah, yeah. Jocelyn. There we go. <laughs> Jocelyn. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk. Uh, anything to add? Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 30. Ooh, I like that. That's, Say that one more time. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 30. Yeah. That's one thing I had to learn very early on is I was like, when I was right three, I was like, well, this third degree black belt is amazing. Why can't I be like that? Yeah. That's because I'm still learning and I'm still growing into my belt rank. Yeah. And right, also, right. don't be afraid to do one more. Just one mm-hmm. more. That's yeah. one rule we have on fight team. One more. Yeah. If yeah, you're if tired, say, one more. Yeah. If I say 15 push-ups, squeeze in 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a book I just read, actually. One more. But, yeah. Cool. Good deal. Well, nice talk, guys. Good uh, good interview here, man. We got some powerful things happening. So be sure to follow all of our podcasts as well as our videos, James Cox Martial Arts. And uh, we'll see you in the future. Thank you.